to Hail Saturn. It's just us this week. I hope you enjoyed last week's conversation with Eli Bierman. I will be having more guests join the podcast in season two, which will be coming this fall. We are nearing the end of the first season. I know already, but I'm going to take a hiatus so that I can begin another creative project that I hope to conduct in tandem. So it won't be a long hiatus. We'll be back soon, but we're going to take a little summer break. And I'm so excited to start putting my energy and focus into launching a YouTube channel and becoming a YouTuber. This is actually something that I've wanted to do for kind of a long time. And I started, you know, recording a lot of footage earlier this year. So I've got a lot of vlog material waiting to edit and post. And I just need a little bit of space to get those creative juices flowing and get this new project launched. And then I think I'll bring back Hail Saturn and we'll be firing on two cylinders. So let's go. I actually feel so grateful for Hail Saturn and to you, all of my listeners who have encouraged me to keep making episodes week after week because I really feel like making this podcast has given me more energy and focus and even a greater perspective and really a more organized perspective. And for me, anything that can help me organize the insane jumble that is my mind is incredibly helpful. I tend to get lost in all of my influences and inspirations, and there is a natural comfort zone that I have to just kind of exist within mental chaos. But being forced to sit down and verbalize one idea at a time and then connect them in a way that I think other people could possibly gain something from and even could understand has really been a healing exercise for me. And seeing that I'm able to do it week in and week out is giving me the confidence to take on larger projects that are a little bit scarier to me, but that feel really aligned with what I've envisioned for myself and wanted for myself for my whole life. So I'm really excited to be in this position now in this phase of my life where I'm ready to start creating and being on camera. I thought that that was going to be my career. I took acting classes when I was in film school, actually a lot of them, and acted in several projects, you know, about 10 years ago. It's really been a long time, but I loved being on camera and I thought that that was going to be the avenue by which I entered the entertainment industry, but things never work out quite as you expect them to and it wasn't the right time. I realize now that there were more pressing matters and things I needed to get to that I just wouldn't have if I had followed the path that I laid out for myself when I was younger, but that now that I've been through the cycles that have passed and I've developed in the ways that I have, that there is an even greater opportunity for me now that I can create for myself. And I'm learning how to create and manifest my vision onto my own life and how to live within a vision that I've created for myself and not one that society has projected upon me or anyone else I know has projected upon me. Yeah, getting creative about personal freedom and bringing things into being which haven't existed before. 
It can be really scary to try to do something that no one's done before. There's no precedent, so there's no validation for the idea. And a lot of the time, if you talk about it to people, they'll, you know, understandably question you and express doubt and confusion because it's a fresh idea. They didn't think of it. You know, you can't just present somebody with your unique vision and have them say, oh my gosh, that makes perfect sense. Let me do the legwork for you. So a lot of the time that you're doing something really original, and I believe that there's a lot of value in originality, when you're doing something that's wholly your own and of your own original essence, a lot of the time you won't receive validation on that until you're pretty far into, you know, what you might consider a successful phase of that endeavor. So it's important to believe in yourself and to do the legwork yourself in order to give your crazy ideas enough body, enough incarnation in this physical plane that other people can see them and realize that, hey, this is something that can exist, not only can exist, but does exist, that has value, and that can be integrated into the larger environment in a productive and positive way. And I mean, I'm definitely not trying to imply that no one's ever become a YouTuber before. <laughs> I'm a little bit late to the game on that one, but no one's ever been a YouTuber before in the way that I'm going to be a YouTuber. So I'm excited to apply my vision to this new medium and to be working with video again. And I'm also excited to try to bring back Hail Saturn in a new way for season two because there's so much that I talk about that really requires diagrams to really communicate. And I do my best, and I know you're doing your best, but I want to just bridge that gap and make it easier and maybe give Hail Saturn a place to live on my YouTube channel. So yeah, we're in a little bit of a transformative phase in terms of creativity and also really excited about the advancements in AI. I feel like that's going to make a lot more possible for me because one of the reasons that I haven't launched the YouTube channel yet despite collecting so much footage all year is that I spend so much time editing the podcast. I have a really mean perfectionist streak and I'm a little bit of a control freak when it comes to my creative end product. I'm very flexible in the creative phase, but then when it comes to like finalizing the form, I get really control freak energy and I have to do it all myself and do it to like a really extremely meticulous degree. And it's just been taking so long. But Eli has been telling me about different AI products and services that are coming into being now. And some of them I feel can really help streamline my editing process. But I need to do some experimentation and figure out how to collaborate with the AI so that I can kind of double myself and have the AI do some of the editing that I would be doing in the way that I would do it, if that makes sense. So yeah, the podcast will be getting a little bit of a refresh, a little bit of an update, and you can expect vlog content, ASMR. I'm gonna try a bunch of different things on YouTube and I'm really excited and I hope to see you there. My friend Michelle sent me this amazing book for my birthday called The Creative Act, A Way of Being by Rick Rubin. And I just opened it up and started reading the first chapter and immediately felt, there it is. That's exactly what I'm trying to tap into and communicate 
on my podcast. And I feel so aligned with this book. Thank you, Michelle, for sending it to me. It's so inspiring. And I want to read a really short passage from the first chapter that I feel like taps into something really essential that is a major theme of this podcast and the work we do here of analyzing our current moment and universal cycles and how to tap into them in order to honor our creative, generative, natural urges and abilities as humans and manifest our visions in harmony with the cycles of the earth and the universe. So Rick Rubin says, the universe functions like a clock and then cites Ecclesiastes 3, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to reap, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to laugh, a time to weep, a time to build up, a time to break down, a time to dance, a time to mourn, a time to cast away stones, a time to gather stones together. These rhythms are not set by us. We are all participating in a larger creative act we are not conducting. We are being conducted. The artist is on a cosmic timetable, just like all of nature. If you have an idea you're excited about and you don't bring it to life, it's not uncommon for the idea to find its voice through another maker. This isn't because the other artist stole your idea, but because the idea's time has come. In this great unfolding, ideas and thoughts, themes and songs, and other works of art exist in the ether and ripen on schedule, ready to find expression in the physical world. As artists, it is our job to draw down this information, transmute it, and share it. We are all translators for messages the universe is broadcasting. The best artists tend to be the ones with the most sensitive antenna to draw in the energy resonating at a particular moment. Many great artists first develop sensitive antenna not to create art, but to protect themselves. They have to protect themselves because everything hurts more. They feel everything more deeply. And then he sums up the chapter by saying, there's a time for certain ideas to arrive and they find a way to express themselves through us. I personally would extend that passage to address not only artists, but all human beings. I think, and I know that Rick Rubin thinks as well, that creativity is not some exclusive thing that belongs to the few gifted and talented people who are lucky enough to be creating and making art, but rather that creativity is something that belongs to all humans and something that is inherent to the human experience and condition and can come through any and every avenue. Organizing your home, cooking meals, deciding how to best navigate through your day to create the most ease. Things like this can be creative, as well as traditional artistic mediums that we use to communicate ideas that can sometimes elude us in our mundane day-to-day. So creativity, we understand, is something far beyond the act of art making and is relevant to all of us no matter how we spend our day-to-day. And I really resonate a lot with that passage 
it reminds me of this feeling that I've had many times in my life where I feel like I had an idea and I didn't fully act on it or bring it to fruition. And then I saw another person or another artist create that thing and bring it into the world and bring it to market before I got there. And I was left feeling like, okay, I guess it's been done. I'll have to throw my concept away and start fresh and find a new idea to get excited about. And that's how I have handled those situations in the past and I think I found it to be more than a little bit discouraging when that would happen but as I get older I have come to think of it in a more positive way where I feel like I'm dipping my toes in the same cosmic pools as these people who are bringing these ideas to life and then I get to watch as those ideas are as successful or more than I could have even envisioned when they were in my head. So it's all about how you look at it. And if you look at it like I'm in the right spot, I'm tapped into the right currents and I'm channeling the right energies, it can become an inspiring phenomenon when your ideas get bitten and you know, scooped out from under you because somebody else pulled the same cosmic thread, dipped their toe in the same cosmic pond, and committed to being the right vessel for that idea before you did. So this has happened to me a number of times, most notably with Milk and Honey, which is the original name of my poem, Honey, which I wrote in 2013. And then in 2014, Rupi Carr came out with a poetry book called Milk and Honey and became the best-selling poet of our age group and I think of the genre. She's like the best-selling modern poet and one of the most celebrated poets in the world. And I couldn't help but think that should have been me. (laughs) So that's a good example, actually, because that one was before I was a little bit wise to what was happening. And I really thought, okay, wow, she did it. So my poem, is over like I need to find something else to do or I need to find another avenue here like she's 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 beat me to it and then more recently not super recently but I was really excited about this idea for modular swimwear where you could layer similar to yoga clothes kind of nylon thong bikini short top tank and that they would be like layerable so that you could kind of have like a swim outfit and kind of strip it off as you wanted or like mix and match pieces and I really was thinking I should go to FIT I should figure out how to design for manufacture and bring this idea to market because I can't believe nobody's done this I always wanted like sporty little shorts for a bathing suit but ones that were actually cute and I feel like I've bought like probably 15 pairs of like bathing suit shorts like full coverage bottoms and they always just looked so frumpy and not chic and I have this image in my mind of this like perfectly sexy athletic chic bathing suit system and then I was actually so excited when Kim Kardashian announced Skims Swim And I was like, there it is. And it's Kim Kardashian who's the one bringing it to market. And I just felt honestly so validated by that. I'm a huge Kim stan. I really respect her as a businesswoman. And Skims has been so successful. And it was just really cool to see her commit to that idea and bring it into being in such a great way. I honestly love how she treated the concept and the designs that she came up with. I thought it was great. 
And as far as actually being the one to follow through on an idea and bring it into being, I think that it's really important to commit to creating the right environment and commit to the idea itself so that you can actually follow through and create your idea in a way that is meaningful and gives it a form to where it can exist outside of you and grow as something that you've brought into being and are now nurturing and then try to become the best vessel to bring that idea into the world. I think back and yes, I may have written Milk and Honey and, you know, published it to some degree before Ruby Carr published hers, but I was not committed to that poem. I was not committed to being a poet. I wasn't committed to doing the work and filling the role and being the voice that Rupi was at that time. And so she really did beat me to it and she did it better than me, you know? And so I gotta hand it to her and just keep chugging along, you know? Change the title of my poem, keep moving, keep writing in my own way and wait for my inevitable evolution to diverge me enough from that idea that I'm somewhere new again. And inevitably that will happen because we know from life and from astrology and from all the wisdom available to us that life structures never stay stagnant. Life is always changing and evolving and no life structure can last longer than seven or eight years. This is reverberated across the universe that we will be evolving and changing. The human body regenerates every seven years. You're someone completely new with a totally new body. Uranus the planet of innovation, change, and forward motion changes signs every seven or eight years. Saturn makes a hard aspect to itself every seven or eight years, and those periods of time will often correlate to graduation periods or times when we're asked to step into a new phase of life and evolve our way of being and grow up. And so this pattern, like all patterns in nature, repeats all around and if you're looking you can see it and get this kind of wisdom and internalize that okay i'm gonna be always changing if there's one thing i can be sure of it's that i can't hold on to who i am and what i'm doing and what my life is right now and i need to be always ready to adapt but what we can do especially with astrology and you know with other tools as well but my favorite is astrology personally we can observe the cycles around us. We can take a step back and take a more objective look at what cycles are playing out around us and where we are within those cycles and make informed choices about how we want to commit our energy moving forward. What ideas does it make sense to commit to right now? Because we all have a limited amount of time in our days, weeks, and lives, ultimately. And so it's important to put thought into what you're committing yourself to, especially if you're trying to bring something new that does not exist already into being. When we're working on something that's really original and new, we often will not receive validation for that effort. And in fact, we might receive doubt. People who are looking out for us, who can't necessarily envision the vision that we have. And that doesn't mean that we're not the right vessel or that it's not the right time or that we need to give up on it. It just means that you need to buckle down and trust yourself and make that commitment and become that vessel. 
And once you do that, you will start channeling the energy that you want to be working with, and that will help you to manifest your vision. And then once it's out in the world in that small, sturdy step, that first small, sturdy step to bring it into being, people will start to see, oh, okay, I can kind of get more of a sense of what you're doing here. And the further you take it, the easier it will be for other people to align with your vision because you'll have something to show them. You know, you won't just be saying, trust me, I can see it. So before other people can trust you, you need to trust yourself and you need to take that first crucial step of committing to becoming the vessel for your idea. And understand that that commitment is ultimately a temporary thing because no life structure can last longer than seven or eight years. And this commitment that you're making to taking this new form of the right shaped vessel for your idea, this is an effort and a means toward an end, right? So once you realize your vision, you'll have an opportunity to update and change the shape of your vessel to accommodate a new direction or a new idea. So when you make these commitments, when you make these decisions, yes, they're important and they're impactful for the trajectory of your life, but they don't define your identity or who you are. And so you can be more free with it. You know, you can be a little more easygoing and take a chance on ideas that aren't validated by other people. Because if you can feel it, and you feel that validation from the universe and from the other side, and you can sense that this idea has legs, this idea is right for this time, and you think that you could be the right vessel for that idea, commit. Commit and take the first smallest, sturdiest step, and then take the next one. And keep going until you can see your vision realized in front of you in some prototypical way. Resist perfectionism which is ultimately a sign of mental dysfunction. And focus on making something just a little bit real. Just real enough that someone else can touch it too. And see where that takes you in your creative journey. When I was in college, one of my professors told me that great art is of its time. And I never forgot that. And it really made things click for me that being an artist isn't about curating what you find the most beautiful, valuable, or important, but it really is about fine-tuning your antenna to tune into the undercurrent of the time that you're living in and to bring some of those values into a tangible state that other people can engage with and react to. Great art is of its time, and great artists practice living in the now and tuning in to the unique energy of their time period and their surroundings to extract messages and things that want to be brought into the public consciousness and brought into a tangible state at this time. And then the artist becomes the vessel for that and translates it to the physical world so that the rest of us can gather around and talk about it and take it into our understanding of life so it can be integrated into the zeitgeist. And why am I talking about this? Well, first of all, because I personally need to hear it. Secondly, because Eli needs to hear it. And thirdly, because I, with my fine-tuned antenna, feel that there's a lot that's dying to be called forth right now, and that there are a lot of vessels 
especially ones with Uranus-Neptune conjunctions in their chart, who may not be tuning in to the degree that they need to be in order to become the vessel for the idea that they're called to bring forth. I want to see new creative visions for the world. I want to see new inventions and innovation. I want to see humanitarian efforts. I want to see utopian visions. I want to see realistic visions, pragmatism, creative pragmatism. I want to see things that I personally have never thought of before that haven't occurred to me. And I know that there are billions of vessels who maybe are not feeling confident in their ability to bring something unique forth or in the need for that, maybe. Maybe they understand that they're totally capable, but they just think, if I did this, no one will care. And it couldn't be further from the truth. We need your creativity more than ever. And if you ever want to bounce ideas off someone, call me at 646-543-5017. And I would love to talk it through with you and give you my feedback on your idea. I also think consulting your birth chart, looking at things like your midheaven and your north node and the planets that rule those placements and the houses that they're in can really help you to clue you into the kind of work that you're meant to do and the kind of ideas that you personally can bring into this world, where you can be useful and where your creativity will be the most valued. And I'm going to take this opportunity to read the Lonsdale Chandra symbol degree reading for Taurus 4, which is my midheaven, so it's a little bit self-indulgent, but it also happens to be where the North Node is transiting currently, so it is relevant for the whole collective, as at least for this moment, our collective destiny point is fixed at this degree. So Taurus 4... A man talking in his sleep. A psychic faculty is dreamt into and sustained, leaving everything wide open for passive absorption. Going so deep in there, an altered state, that you become karmically thrown into the dilemma of translation between the worlds. Being used by astral forces and learning to adapt. Indwelling a place reserved for those who are not ready to activate. But oh, the dreams, the vapors, remembrance, recapitulation, return, Longing for connection between the worlds, you may be able to take the underworld route through if disciplined attunement is fostered. Creative powers are dammed up and filtered through into naive wistfulness. You wait, hope, and are drawn back and back until the inner worlds have been heard and respected and the balance can be restored. So yeah, that's the degree energy for the placement of the north node currently so the general collective karmic destiny point the energy that we as a collective society are moving toward just for now that's not like a long transit it changes regularly but for today and then it also happens to be the degree of my midheaven which represents career calling public image reputation and legacy and it really is pretty relevant for the conversation that we're having today in terms of translating information from realms beyond and becoming sensitive enough to our inner states and our inner lives that we're able to understand what about our unique makeup is an energetic match to what work we want to do and what creative efforts we want to realize. 
I love this book so much because it really doesn't pull any punches. And I love how it gets right to the point and talks about being karmically thrown into the dilemma of translation between the worlds. And I really relate to the line where it talks about creative powers dammed up and filtered through into naive wistfulness until the inner worlds have been heard and respected. I feel like it's really difficult, if not impossible, to really create from a place of self-denial. So I think it really is important to do the work to get to know yourself and become comfortable with yourself and the deepest parts of you. It's like, it's the 12th house stuff. You know, the 12th house is my home personally. I'm a moon in the 12th person, so I'm very comfortable there. But it's probably the least comfortable place for most people because it's the house where we wrap up all loose ends, where we dive into all of the things that we weren't mature enough or didn't have the energy or the strength or the wisdom to deal with. It's also the place where we go mad from still not being able to address those things and deal with them head on. The 12th house is the house of collective unconscious and psychic ability and astral connections. And it's also the house of institutionalization and imprisonment and solitude and isolation. It's the end of all things and the beginning of all things because nature and the zodiac are circuits like that. And I like to think that I can be a voice for the 12th house and all that's in that domain and help people learn that it's not so scary to face your inner depths and to explore them. And that if you go deep enough, you'll find that there's a tunnel to somewhere else. And if you go through that tunnel, you'll find the black void from which everything comes and to where everything goes. And that energy is really powerful and really rich. And I wish for all of you listening to make friends with that place and to find a way to access it and bring forth all of the great ideas that are waiting there to be channeled through you. A few people I respect really swear by transcendental meditation to get this job done. There are techniques and practices that you can employ and lean on. It definitely doesn't have to be a solo mission that you take on yourself. There can be community around this type of practice. And even though I recommend that you make a practice of embracing solitude and meditation and exploring your inner world on your own. I also think that there's really nothing more powerful than a group of people who are all doing that and who are all drawing forth ideas from that realm and sharing them and collaborating with them. So I think that it is a pro-social thing that also has the added benefit of making you more comfortable with yourself and happier when you're alone. And if meditation is just totally impossible for you right now, I relate to that. For a while, I could not sit and meditate if my life depended on it. I recommend trying yoga and trying to really get into a flow state during yoga and um, you know, not worry about the quality of your shapes or how impressive you're being, but really embrace 
what yoga is, which is a practice to train the body for meditation so that you can sit and access this deeper portal part of your psyche. I can't recommend yoga enough. These kinds of moving meditations and moving preparations are really ideal for getting into that kind of a space and getting comfortable just kind of settling into that neutral place between your eyes and allowing yourself to fall backward into the darkest depths of your psyche through that portal and into another realm. I want to give you guys a really quick weather forecast, astro weather, because I know that the transits of the past few weeks have really been a doozy for some of us, especially those of us with Taurus and Scorpio placements. With the eclipse and the Mercury retrograde and Pluto being retrograde, it hasn't been the easiest energy to deal with. But we do have some winds shifting this week with Mercury stationing direct and beginning once again its forward motion on May 14th. And that will clear up some of these technological difficulties, communication holdups, and general delays. And we'll start seeing some relief in that area and things beginning to operate as usual again. And then on the 16th of May, Jupiter will be moving into Taurus hopefully adding some much-needed benevolence, grace, generosity, and positive growth to the Taurus area of our charts, which has been receiving a lot of hits with the presence of Uranus in Taurus, and then the last eclipse on May 5th happening in that sign. But I do want to be real with you guys that while Jupiter is a benefic, Jupiter can sometimes have a more neutral effect in how it operates. And it has a tendency to kind of blow things out of proportion, both the good and the bad. So I just want to remind you guys of that as this area of our chart may have some tenderness and some sensitivity to it that's kind of recent, that I think the best way to make the most of Jupiter's transit through that space is to employ a healthy dose of optimism and generosity of spirit yourself. That's the best way to kind of meet Jupiter at its positive frequency and allow it to operate in its most benevolent way towards you. So... Yeah, tis the season to extend some grace toward any pain points that you may have been experiencing, particularly in the Taurus and Scorpio sections of your chart, but also in all of the fixed signs as well. These eclipses squared the other fixed signs of Leo and Aquarius, so I think that if you're nursing any recent wounds or, you know, kind of reeling from any miscommunication, my advice there is to extend some grace and optimism toward the situation and see what you get back because there's opportunity there for healing, grace, good fortune, and good luck in that space. So tap into that. And then to finish out next week on Friday, we have a new moon in Taurus at 28 degrees of Taurus. And I think if you're somebody who likes to create any rituals around setting intentions for yourself or do any vision work, this is a great time to do that towards the Taurus section of your chart, whichever house that may fall in, and also just toward anything with Taurus energy in general, which remember includes finances, income, the markets and commerce, as well as beauty, sensual pleasures, delicious food, 
and enjoying the bounty of the earth and all of the sensual pleasures that it can provide. So any intentions that you may have and want to kind of renew and reset for yourself next Friday is gonna be a great day for that. So Friday, May 19th. So next week, there's a bounty of positive forward flow for us to tap into and we can expect some relief from the tension of the last few weeks. Thank you for listening. I love you, my listener, for bearing with me through all of the crazy things that I say. I know that something great is going to come from these conversations that we're having, and I'm grateful to share this time with you. So until next time, be well, take care of yourself, and I'll talk to you soon.